0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: Church feud. There was a feud between the pastor and the Choir Director of the Hicksville Southern Baptist Church. You got to say it like that. Baptist Church. It seems the first hint of trouble came when the preacher preached on dedicating yourself in the new year to service to God, and the choir director chose to sing, I Shall Not Be Moved. Trying to believe it was a coincidence, the pastor put the incident behind him. The next Sunday, he preached on giving. Afterward, the choir squirmed as the director led them in the hymn, Jesus Paid It All. (laughs) Well, by this time, the pastor was losing his temper. Sunday morning, attendance swelled as the tension built between the two. A large crowd showed up the next Sunday to hear his sermon on the sins of gossiping, And would you believe the choir director selected, I love to tell the story. (laughs) There was no turning back. The following Sunday, the pastor told the congregation that unless something changed, he was considering resignation. The entire church gasped when the choir director led them in. Why not tonight? Well, truthfully, no one was surprised when the pastor resigned a week later, explaining that Jesus had led him there, and it was Jesus who was leading him away, and the choir director could not resist, what a friend we have in Jesus. (laughs) I think we better pray. Father, we love you today. Lord, we love your word. Saints, I want you to go ahead and lift up your right hand, if you will, to the Lord. Father, we love you. Just want to hear what you have to say. We love this church Love to come to this place where we can laugh and sing, enjoy ourselves in your presence. We thank you for that. We pray you give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, Lord. Help us to really give you this time. It's your time as we hear what your word has to say. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people agree and said, amen. Amen. And if you have your Bible in your hands, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Get your pen, get your pad, get your heart. Luke chapter 10. 10. Luke chapter 10. Now, if you've been with us, you know that in, we are in the last half of the ministry of Jesus and he is making his way. Are you listening? He's making his way to Jerusalem for his final Passover. Remember last week, were you with me, as Jesus talked about, just by show of hands, how many were here last week? Just by show of hands. Oh, good. That's most of you, actually. And we talked about this then last week, as Jesus said that there's a lot of work to be done in the kingdom. And he said, the harvest is great, but the laborers are what? Few. And so Jesus enlisted 70 more disciples, and he sent them out on a messianic mission. And he told them as they were going to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. They should go in faith and trusting him. And he told them, don't carry a bag and don't carry a knapsack. And he told them, don't chit chat along the way, but be about the father's business. Right about verse four in your Bibles. And as you're traveling, Jesus said, doing the work of the ministry. If you enter someone's house and they put some food before you, they put some drink before you, then you should just eat it and drink it and heal the sick, and do the work of the ministry. Chapter 10, right about verse 9. If they don't receive you, shake the dust off your feet against them, and tell them the kingdom of God has come near them. And then in verse 16, they go. And in verse 17, they come back, and they brought joy to the heart of Jesus. That is my sermon title, Joy in the Heart of Jesus. Luke chapter 10, Saints, we pick up In verse 17, if you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. Then the 70 returned with what? Saying, Lord, even the demons, don't you get the impression that they're like overwhelmed? Even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven, underline that if you will, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. Are y'all with me? Don't rejoice in the fact that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice. Why? But rejoice because your names are written in heaven, or if you're taking notes, you can write this in your Bible, or your name is written in the book of life. Now, in that hour, in verse 21, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit, and he said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight." All things have been delivered to me by my father, and no one knows who the son is except the father, and who the father is except the son, and the one to whom the son wills to reveal him. And then he turned to his disciples, and he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets, in verse 24, and many kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it and to hear what you hear, and they've not heard it. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. Disciples went out doing the work of the ministry. We don't know how long they were gone. We don't know where they went. We don't know how the people responded in each place. But what we do know is when they came back, they were happy. They were rejoicing. We know that because verse 17 tells us that. They said, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us. Yippee, we get to be the boss over demons. Jesus' reply is very interesting. Did you notice Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven? That seems to be a little odd response to that. Yee! we get to cast out demons. Yay. And Jesus said, that's an interesting perspective. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, this phrase, I saw Satan fall, some of your Bibles may say, I was beholding Satan having falling as if it was something that Jesus saw that had already taken place. There are actually about two interpretations of what this verse means. Some people believe this verse means, as they were out preaching the kingdom and sharing the gospel, that Satan is being beaten down or beaten back. And some believe that Jesus is talking about a past event when he saw Satan fall. So which is it, Rodney? I don't know. So let's just go ahead and move on to verse 19. Wasn't that D? I'm, I'm D. Actually, it's a joke. I believe, which one is it? I believe that it's probably a little of both. I believe it's a little of both. You know, when you preach the kingdom of God, listen, when you preach the kingdom of God, the forces of darkness are beaten back and beaten down. And Satan, if you will, falls like lightning. Satan is falling like lightning when people give their hearts and they make a commitment to follow Jesus. Did you know that? Last Sunday, I went into my office and on my cell phone number was a friend of mine who is an OBGYN and um, I saw his name in my, on my phone, and I know him well, I have known him for many years, 13, 14 years, and he would never call me on a Sunday, never, unless it's an emergency. So I see his name in the window, actually he's an OBGYN, and he's Rodney and Bethany's doctor as well, So when I saw his name in the window, I hadn't seen Rodney and Bethany in a couple of hours here at church. So I immediately thought what happened, I'm having people go find Rodney and Bethany. Are they here? Something may happen. It wasn't Rodney and Bethany. I called him back. It was another brother and sister in our church who um, had been going here for six or seven years. And um, he called to ask me to come to the hospital immediately. Her five-and-a-half, six-month-old baby in her wound had died in her wound two days ago. She did not know. She just felt like there was no movement. And I think she went to the hospital because she had heartburn or something like that. For her to find out, isn't that awful? For her to find out that her baby had died in her wound. And we sat, and we talked, and we bantered back and forth, you know, should we uh, have, you know, have a memorial service or not? What should we do? And we all decided it would probably be appropriate for an intimate, immediate family kind of memorial service, something very small, um, in memory of the baby, So we did. And of course we prayed. You don't know what God's doing. And when things happen, you don't know why God does what he does. Listen to me. You don't know why God does what he does. But what we do know is he does all things for our good and for his glory. That we do know. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands better than that, because that's true. That we do know. We don't know what God is doing. And we don't, a lot of times in situations like that, you don't even know how to pray. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get a witness? You don't even know how to pray. I take their hands and I'm like, let's pray. I don't even know how to pray. I'm a pastor. I pray for a living. That's what I do. But I don't know how to pray. So we just pray, God, your will be done. And God, bring some good out of this. We don't know what, we don't know how, but bring some good out of this. So Saturday, yesterday, about 15 immediate family members and myself sat right in this area, right over here. And we had a little memorial service with a candle, a flower, and a picture. And... I preached, and at the end of my preaching, I felt led to give an altar call. Mind you, there's 15 people there. You know, some folk don't want to do an altar call if there's not like a mass of people. I do an altar call when I feel like the Holy Spirit say, do it. I don't care if there's two people there. I don't care if there's one person there. If the Lord say, give him an opportunity to come to Christ, that's what you do. Please, somebody say amen. That's what you do. So I gave this altar call at the end. And do you know one gentleman, he probably was 72 years old at least. He gave his life to Christ. Is that awesome or what? I was thrilled. I I was blown away because, you know, that little boy's death came life. And when that man gave his life to Christ, Satan and the forces of darkness came falling down like lightning. Cause when somebody becomes a Christian, you understand something. See, I'm not, a, I don't, don't let yourself become a crusty Christian. You know, people get saved. Oh, well, 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 they got saved. It'll wear off. It'll wear off. So what? Salvation. Some people get there. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm just telling you some folks I know. They get there. Oh, salvation, whatever. Listen, when somebody gives their life to Christ, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And it's not only a big deal to us, but it's a big deal in heaven. Because the Bible says if one person comes to Christ, the angels in heaven, and you know how many billions of angels in heaven, the angels in heaven, they have a party if one person comes to Christ. It is a big deal. Don't you ever minimize that moment where someone, are you listening, is transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And when that happens, the forces of the enemy are beaten back. I see Satan fall like lightning every time somebody obeys the word of God concerning their marriage. I see Satan fall like lightning when when Christian young men and women resolve not to have sex before they get married. I see Satan fall like lightning when pastors and church leaders in the underground persecuted church continue to hold down their witness for Christ, even though they may be killed. Don't you understand there are people today in the world, 2009, December 27th, that if they so much as speak the name of Christ, they could be killed. I know pastors and church leaders who have lost a limb who have had their throats cut, who have been killed for the gospel and they still preach the gospel and they, and they will tell you, though they slay me, yet will I trust him. And when that happens, I'll wait. I'll wait. And when that happens, the kingdom of darkness is pushed back I see Satan fall like lightning whenever we decide to forgive someone who has done you wrong. I see Satan fall like lightning every Sunday when God's word is preached in spite of what happened during the week. You know, sometimes the week for me was horrible. And everything that goes wrong, the pastor's life is not perfect. Trust me. Matter of fact, it's horrible. Don't ever become a pastor. Please don't do it to yourself. I'm serious. If you want to become a pastor, talk to me. I'll talk you out of it. Really. If I can't talk you out of it, I'll bound and gag you until you say uncle. (laughs) I mean, it's not good because Satan knows that every time you get here and preach this word, chains start falling off of people and people start getting set free. Did you hear me? And people start getting set free. And when that happens, the forces of darkness are being pushed back. And Satan is falling like lightning. So I believe that's one interpretation and very, very possible. I also believe that this could be a reference to to Jesus who saw Satan fall because of pride. Now, you read this in your own time, Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah 14 gives us the five I will statements of Lucifer. The name Lucifer means morning star. The five I will statements. Satan said in Isaiah 14, I will ascend into heaven. He said, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. That's a reference to the other angels. He said, I will sit on the mount of the congregation, which is a place of glory and honor. And I will ascend to above the heights and I will be like the most high. Satan says, I will be, did you get that? Like the most high God. And it was at that point that Satan was cast out of heaven and down to the earth. You see, Satan, listen, Satan is not God. Let the church say amen. 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 Satan, listen, Satan, I'm, I'm glad you're happy about that. Satan is not smarter than God. Satan is not... Above God, and he knows better than to think that he can take God's place. That's why he said that I will be like the Most High God. And I'm amazed at how many Christians inflate Satan's status and give him way too much glory. Satan did this, and Satan did that, and say we all know people like that. Everything is the devil. The microwave break. Oh, that ain't nobody but the devil. Oh, we're going to cast that out. Cast out a what? You're killing me. Everything everything ain't the devil. Everything's the devil. Oh, the car broke down. Oh, this is Satan. Satan just trying to keep us from the mall, but we going to get there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, I just, everything is not the devil. Please don't flatter yourself. You think Satan's preoccupied with you. You ain't that important. Everything, we give him so much glory. And you know, Satan wanted to be above the angels and Equal with God. Now listen, contrary to popular opinion, Satan, watch this, you'll love it. Satan is not the opposite of God. Do you understand this? Satan is not the opposite of God. God has no opposite. God is God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. God is God all by himself. Satan's not the opposite. God has no opposite. God always was. God created Satan. God is the creator of everything. God has no opposite. That he's holy. That means he's separate. That means he's separate from everything and everyone. He has no opposite opposite. Satan would be more the opposite of Michael, the archangel. So the reason Satan was kicked out of heaven is because of pride. When I will, I will, I will. And many believe that Jesus has given the disciples a warning against pride, keeping in mind that they have just returned from a successful mission of casting demons out. And so they returned and they said, wow, this is great. The demons are subject to us. And notice this. Did you get this in verse 17? Go ahead and look at it. The demons are subject to us in what? Your name. You see, the power is in the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Matter of fact, it's on the screen. Would you mind reading it with me? That at the name of Jesus, come on, read it with me. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven and of those on the earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, there is power in the name of Jesus. And somebody once said, there is no other name like the name of Jesus. Isn't that the truth? And it doesn't even sound the same. Nobody's name sounds like Jesus. I mean, it's a sweet Sweet name. And there's power in that name. And that's why it's not PC for you to use that name in public. Then you can say Hare Krishna all you want. Why don't people do that anyway? I don't get it. Well, when people stub their toe, how come they don't go, oh, Hare Krishna? (laughs) Are you nailing something on the thing? You hit your thumb. Boom. Oh, Buddha. I don't. Inquiry minds want to know. I mean, really? I think this is kind of odd. Nobody does that. Oh, Islam. Oh, Muhammad. Nobody does that. But man, somebody stuff they talk. Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and they even say it with that disdain, almost. Jesus Christ. And' the it true? It's true. Why? Because Satan knows, get people to use his name in vain because really there's power in the name of Jesus. There really is. So Satan wants to get people to use his name in vain. There's power in his name and you don't want to misuse his name. Listen, I'm trying to help you. You don't want to misuse his name. I think of seven boys, seven Jewish boys who were sons of a Jewish priest named Sceva. You'll find this story in Acts chapter 19. It's a great story. One other sister knows it. (laughs) We know, don't we? Yeah, we know. It's a good story. Acts 19, you need to read it in your own time. But these boys, listen, they were messing with demonology and they were using the name of Jesus, misusing the name of Jesus, and they were using it like magic. And they would go about in the city because they had seen Paul preaching and casting out demons in Jesus name. And they thought it was just a catchphrase that if, you know, if I just say Jesus name, stuff's going to happen. Folks think that today, as a matter of fact, I want a pink polka dot Cadillac. In Jesus name, they think it's going to uh, materialize. So these guys are doing the same thing. They're going out using Jesus name like it's magic. And they say, we exercise you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. And the evil spirit answered and said, don't y'all love it? Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Now, listen. Let the pastor help you. If demons start talking to you, get away.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.